it. The wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back to thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better yeah, wake them up. Get them up. Get them going Monday on B&E. The day after Mother's Day Monday, flash flood risk continues after the uh, rough weather of the weekend. There was some good, some bad, and some ugly on the weather front over the weekend. Certainly the sports fields and courts of play as well. We will dive into all of it on a busy Monday, the 15th of May. We appreciate you being there. Show of the People starts right now. However you find us, we appreciate you doing so on 104.9, maybe 101.9 FM, AM 1260. And we're always streaming for you. Make it easy to find us digitally on your Horn app. Just download it to your smartphone and take us wherever you go. A couple clicks of a button. You're listening live also on our uh, on your smart speaker at home or work. And always streaming for you right there at the website, live and local uh, and digital, right there at hornfm.com. Good morning, Mr. Godbolt. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated. I know you got wet out there, y'all, Ooh. but uh, please be safe. Yeah, man. It's uh, muggy, as you can believe, and there could be some fog this morning, but uh, not much rain this morning. looks like this afternoon into the evening could be another round of uh, wet stuff rolling through, and obviously everything's already very saturated from the weekend that oh, was, yeah. and you know we'll just keep rolling through uh, the uh, the rainy conditions as we've got it. And uh, it's a busy weekend on the fields and courts to play. Winning weekend on the 40 acres for sure, man. They just keep cranking out championships on the 40 acres. Texas baseball had a bummer to start their series with San Jose State and then rallied to dominate the Spartans. We'll talk some Texas baseball going into the final weekend of the regular season. Obviously, the NBA conference finals are set. After the weekend of uh, basketball action, including a game that was pretty good into the third quarter yesterday and then turned into an absolute rout. John Morant back in the headlines for the wrong reasons. We'll dive into some basketball as well. Uh, it's going to be a busy Monday, and we appreciate you being there. How was your weekend, my friend? Good Mother's Day? Been, yeah, it was great. Good. It really was. It was very nice. Got to give uh, some props to my, my two sons. They, uh, I think this is the first time they did this. They, they paid for lunch. They took mom to lunch, paid. They brought flowers, the whole bit. Like, they went the they went the extra mile. They, they? did well. They're Good both job. they're both employed and uh, gamefully employed, working, making some cash, and uh, so yeah, they took mom to lunch yesterday. Very nice. Dad got off easy on that deal yesterday. Pretty nice. So yeah, good good Mother's Day for sure. Ty, how was your trip up to the Metroplex and back? We got to meet or listen to your mother on Friday. Your mom Jenny called the show and gave us a yo mama joke. Did uh, you have a good weekend? It was good. Good. She was a little embarrassed about the uh, the Why? calling on Friday, but uh, it was it was nice to see the family up there. So. She did great. She did great. We had people wanting to get her Instagram I know, account. I, 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 I called into the Wagner Wire yesterday with her, and there was a lot of text flowing in. So, See? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that will be a thing for a while. But Ty's mom is a star now. Star now on the show of the people. 
We like that. But, uh, yeah, good weekend for sure. We recap it on Mondays with the good, the bad, and the ugly. What was good for you? What was bad? What was just downright ugly? What you watched or saw or a part of? We take those on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Plenty of that. Let's get to the uh, headlines, though. Started off with the trending topics. Everything you need to know as you get up and out. UBO Business Services, yeah, busy update desk as usual on a Monday. Start with the NBA playoffs and a Game 7 in Boston yesterday, but very little drama in the end. Jason Tatum and the Celtics turned a good game into a rout with a third-quarter eruption. They roll past the 76ers 112-88 to advance the Eastern Conference Finals where they will face the Miami Heat. Game was tied at 55 in the third quarter. That's when the eruption began. Celtics went on a 25-3 run. They finished the quarter outscoring the Sixers 33-10, and they cruised Tatum, who had struggled in Games 5 and 6, Poured in a Game 7 record, 51 points in the victory. Uh, immaculate performance and a record-setting performance for Jason Tatum. They will, as we say, play the Miami Heat. The uh, Golden State, excuse me, the LA Lakers will face the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. That will tip off on Tuesday. Eastern Finals tip off on Wednesday night. Also from the NBA, the troubling behavior of Memphis Grizzlies star John Morant continued over the weekend, and the team, the Grizzlies, have suspended their young port guard from all team activities after Morant was seen flashing what appeared to be a gun on an Instagram Live clip that circulated widely over social media. Quite a winning weekend on the 40 Acres, including Texas baseball. Longhorns took two of three from San Jose State in that non-conference series after they coughed up a late lead and dropped the first game on Friday, 6-4. to four. David Pierce's horns responded by outscoring the Spartans 42-9 to nine in games two and three to take the series. Eric Kennedy drove in eight as part of a 24-3 drubbing on Friday night in the second game of that doubleheader. And then on Saturday, Garrett Gilmet drove in four. Dylan Campbell extended his record hitting streak to 30 games as the Horns rolled 18-6. Texas will wrap up their regular season this weekend, hosting first place West Virginia in a three-game series that begins on Thursday. Longhorns still mathematically alive to win the Big 12 there to sweep the Mountaineers. They could also finish seventh, depending on how things play out this weekend. Also this weekend, after falling in the championship game of the Big 12 tournament, uh, the seventh-ranked Texas softball team was selected as the 13th overall seed for the upcoming NCAA Division I softball championships. Horns will host Seton Hall, Texas A&M, and Texas State in a four-team regional this weekend at McCombs Field. Top-ranked Texas women's track and field team and the Texas rowing team claimed Big 12 championships over the weekend, and both the Texas men's and women's tennis teams advanced in the NCAA tournament. Austin FC's MLS winless match streak now has reached eight. Their 1-0 loss to Dallas FC on Saturday night at Q2 Stadium ensured that the Verde are now 0-4-4 in their last eight matches. They've taken just four of a possible 24 points in the last couple of months and are sitting in 12th place in the Western Conference. They will play Seattle in Seattle on Wednesday night. Major League Baseball, first place Texas Rangers, clobbered the Oakland A's 11-3 yesterday. They take 3-4 of four in that series. That's the 10th time already this season the Rangers have scored 10 or more runs. No other team has done it more than seven in the young baseball season. Astros took the rubber game of their three-game series on the south side of Chicago with a 4-3 win. Round Rock fell to Oklahoma City 7-5. And in golf, what a finish at the Byron Nelson Championship in the Metroplex yesterday. Jason Day ended a five-year winless streak by firing a final round 62 to finish the stroke ahead of two others. 35-year-old, former world number one, had gone 105 starts between wins. He'll now be among the favorites as the season's second major. Tees off on Thursday, the PGA Championship in Rochester, New York. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. There you go, Buck. About a 62. Wow. Sunday round for Jason Day. You know, he's been playing like a top five player this year. He just hadn't won. Yeah, he's, I mean, five years. It's been five years since he won. And that was. I mean, he, he climbed to the top nice to of the uh, world rankings at one point. Oh, yeah. He was the best golfer in the world. And uh, back injuries and some. Uh, uh, personal issues he was dealing with 
you know, his mother was very sick, I believe, at one point. Yeah, and he lost uh, his mom. Lost his mom. Of course, yep. Mother's Day yesterday to win that. 62. Jason Day, he'll be a guy to keep an eye on when we get to Rochester uh, and the PGA Championship this weekend. You know, his son, uh, I think his Dax is his name. Yeah. Remember the, remember him with the long hair? You didn't know if he was a little girl or a little boy when he when he started to win. And now he's about to have his fifth child. About five kids later. Four kids later. His son? Well, no, no. Jason no, Day has five Jason kids. Jason Day, he's getting ready to have his fifth kid okay. now coming up. I was going to say, wait, that's real fast. <laughs> no, that kid, it was just a little old teeny kid running out to his dad when he was winning like every week. Yeah. I mean, he had a streak that was going pretty well. Well, you know, injuries can, can derail a player pretty oh, quickly. Oh, back? And, uh, that, especially that back. Yeah, those those issues. But uh, he says it's been a lot of work, and he's he really has played great this year. He's been in contention several times, and... Uh, wins it yesterday with a 62. Scotty Scheffler finished at 20 under. He's three back. He's fourth place. He's going to yeah, be. He's struggling with his putting. Yeah, it's been an ongoing problem for him. Just bad putting rounds where it's just and it's not close, Buck. Looks yeah. like me out there putting. And these sometimes. aren't long putts. These are these are some <laughs> shorties. These some six footers that he's missing. Yeah. So we'll talk some golf and yeah, get ready. We'll have our second golf contest coming up at HornFM.com. We got to pick your teams, and that'll drop at some point either today or tomorrow at the website to uh, to get to the golf's second major. Of course, the Masters already in the books. Now it's PGA Championship time up there in uh, New York. New York, huh? yeah, Rochester, Rochester, Oak Hill. Ooh, that weather! Yeah. Uh, so we got a lot to do. Recap. What about the NBA? How about uh, the Boston Celtics left for dead after their lame performance in Game Five in Boston? It was going back to Philadelphia, and it felt like the Sixers. All they had to do was, you know, finish them off. Celtics looked like they were they were uh, not they weren't playing good basketball on either end of the floor. Jason Tatum was struggling. The first team All NBA, and uh, then they go into uh, into, into Philadelphia, as we talked about on Friday, you know, where they were down two points with six minutes to play, and Jason Tatum hit four big three-pointers, uh, and the Sixers went cold, and they get the win. Tatum bails them out there, and then, uh, boy, he was just unbelievable yesterday. This game wasn't close. So the Celtics advance as they were favored to do, despite it uh, some rocky times in the series, and the Sixers are left to wonder if the process is over. The process with Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers and uh, this whole thing, James Harden, of course, what do you know, James Harden coming up small in a game seven. Uh, James, like also Joel Embiid, Buck, he's the MVP. He did not play well in this game yesterday either. Well, the third quarter doomed them. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it was a really good game to halftime. And then after the third, when the third quarter came and that run came, that was it. Yeah, and really it flipped in the second quarter, I felt like, because they outscored the uh, Sixers were in, in the lead oh, early yeah. in the game. And then they outscored the Celtics, went into the half, outscoring them by nine in the second quarter. I mean, it was a. If you got up the, uh, I think the, the the second and third quarters combined, it was a, you know, sixty-five to thirty-five kind of thing. It was just a thirty-point route in those two quarters, and yeah, fourth quarter didn't matter much. But Jason Tatum, uh, you know, living up to that, you know, first-team All-NBA status with a fifty-one-point game, uh, found his shooting stroke, and really it came late in Game Six when they won that game oh, yeah. in Philadelphia. Hit those four big threes, and he carried it over into this. Yeah, they game. never took advantage of a Cole Tatum. They just. They, they blew it. No. Yeah, I mean the Celtics. I mean, remember there were times in that series where it felt like the fans were ready to turn on that team and were wondering about Joe Missoula and the lack of defense and uh, Tatum was struggling. What was going to happen here was just going to be the end of the Tatum Jalen Brown combination. And in the end, they're going to go play the uh, the upstart Miami Heat with all that culture, Buck. The Miami Heat and Eric Spolstra uh, just have a way about them. They went through Milwaukee as an eight seed. They went through the Knicks as the eight seed, and now here they are facing the Celtics in a series that will start on Wednesday Well, they know night. how to win. They've been in championships now. Yeah, I mean, you know, the one thing, you know, in the NBA, there's there's not a lot of teams that have a culture, right, that have an established, this-is-how-we-operate culture. 
Uh, there's such a transient league, and there's so many moves, and uh, super teams are built. But uh, there is no doubt that uh, Pat Riley and then vis-a-vis him, uh, Eric Spolstra, have built an absolute culture there. Oh, there's yeah. just a t- culture of toughness. Um, there's just an expectation of how we're going to play, and um, don't don't just because it's eight seed versus two seed, don't don't count out the heat in this <laughs> series because Jimmy Butler is playing as good as anybody. By the way, Jimmy Butler playing into the Eastern Finals with the 76ers going out. Don't think that didn't leave a mark in Philadelphia, Buck, because of course Jimmy B was Jimmy Butler was one of, one time a star in Philly, and um, you know, they built this thing around Joel Embiid and now James Harden, and they couldn't get it done. Just think of what it could have been if Kawhi Leonard. Didn't hit that shot in the corner against the 76ers that, the year the, yeah. the Raptors won the finals. Yeah, with Jimmy Butler on the Sixers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and now he's in Miami and it's trying to carry the heat into uh, into the NBA Finals. The other side will be good. That tips off tomorrow night. Lakers, uh, and you know, made it didn't leave much drama either. They beat Golden State by 20 on Friday night. LeBron played phenomenal. Uh, you can kind of feel like LeBron didn't want to see a Game 7 of that series and uh, you know left it all out there on fr- on Friday night, scored 30 points, almost had a triple-double, and led the Lakers in. And in the end, the Warriors now have to figure out what they're going to do. It's, it's just the story of these NBA series. Somebody advances, and then someone's left to pick up the pieces. What does Golden State do now as the dynasty ended uh, with a team that was so reliant on Steph Curry this year and all the issues with Jordan Poole and some of the young players behind that core? Philip uh, Phoenix is trying to figure out what they're doing as well, but it's going to be Denver and the Lakers, and Miami and the Boston Celtics, the Final Four of the NBA. That should be pretty good. Good stuff. Yeah, I think we've got pretty good storylines there. Uh, Denver's never played in the NBA Finals. That's never happened, so the, they have an opportunity. Obviously, LeBron to get the Lakers and Anthony Davis back into the finals would be quite the story. In the same year in which he broke the scoring title, right when past Kareem as the game's all-time scorer, if they were able to get back to the NBA Finals and over in the East. Uh, Miami and Boston should be a really, really compelling series there as well. So part of the good of the weekend, good hoops, uh, but not a lot of drama in those games. Both were over in the fourth quarter uh, with the closeout games on Friday and Sunday. The John Morant story obviously percolates to the top. That is troubling. He's going to be suspended. It says from all team activities. I don't know what team activities the Grizzlies have going on right now. but Nothing. <laughs> he has been suspended. That is an ongoing source of concern. Yeah, would, it's too bad a young guy like that has all the opportunities in the world and he's Got it all in front of him. He doesn't get it right now. Obviously, he doesn't get it, but hopefully, he'll he'll get it. I mean, here comes another opportunity for him now that the basketball season is over. He better head back to rehab or whatever it is. You see that video, and if you haven't seen it, it's all over Twitter and everywhere. It's him in a, in a riding in a car with a, a, f- a friend of his, and they're playing music, and he's brandishing a you know pistol. Uh, second time we've seen this happen. It's about the fourth or fifth different. Troubling piece of information with him. Banish like a screwdriver or something. Well, we talked about it last week. We talked about uh, the, you know, his behavior during this season in which he was suspended and missed games. He was on the road. Well, and we talked about how it financially it cost him that Supermax contract because he wasn't voted first, second, or third team All NBA. So he missed out on that Supermax opportunity, which as we talked about was like 40 or 50 million dollars he cost himself with his behavior. I mean, you would think that something like that would. Maybe even be a wake up. And he call. sounds so positive, you know, the things that he went and he went to, you know, help himself out, you know, went and got himself some mental health uh, advice. And that's just all PR stuff, though. What yeah, do you mean? He's, if he's still, if he went to do all that and came well, people, back, people, and then he's still doing people the same struggle exact with, thing. No, and that doesn't. People struggle with stuff like what, that. With going on Instagram and people, flashing people guns? have a problem with things like that. Some people need a little more. Maybe it wasn't enough time for him. Maybe this time around, once you start taking away stuff from people, that's when they 
really start to wise up. Once once you start losing your future, and that's all, that's all you do. Well, his list of uh, of issues this year would tell you because some people say, well, maybe he's just hanging out with the wrong crowd. Maybe he's just run- well, maybe he is the wrong crowd. Maybe that's, he's the that, corrupted that, guy. Yeah, that could be the problem maybe right he's there. A, they, you know, they should because if you watch the video, his once his 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 guy who's driving the car is one with the phone and, and who's recording. And once he realizes that Jaws got a gun in his hand, that's when he kind of turns the camera back away, realizing what's going on. Because they're, they're like live on Instagram. This isn't like a recorded video they put out. It's, it's going live out to anybody that's paying attention to it. Uh, just just disturbing stuff for sure for the Memphis Grizzlies. And then it turns into, because obviously John Morant's one of the best young players in the league. He would be you know, first team All-NBA if his head were on straight and he was playing every night. He's one of the best young players in the league. And he can't get out of his own way and seems like he's he on a be really bad path. won't be the first to blow it. Uh, for sure, but uh, you know, and look, people will talk about his Second Amendment rights to carry a gun. He absolutely. Well, that's not anything to do with any amendments. Yeah, that's just stupidity on his part. Well, well, yeah, because well, there are people making that argument. What's what's the problem? He has a, a right to have a gun. Well, no one's taking the gun away, and no one is going to arrest him. It's his employer that is that is uh, upset with it. I mean, you, you know, you, you have standards, and you have a, an employer in the Memphis Grizzlies who are going to pay him, you know, multi millions of dollars, and. Um, you know, if he can't follow the rules of the league and of the team, then he can seek other employment, right? True. That'd be like one of us coming in here and sure. on the Twitch stream, just just fly. Well, like, I mean, you maybe just it's can't. not illegal, but it does, it's not a good look. There, I mean, as an employee of a of an organization, you have rules to follow, and if you can't follow those, you're not going to be right. in that organization, and you're not going to be in that league, and that's just kind of the way that goes. It doesn't have anything to do with his amendment rights or what he's. No, no one's. He's not going to get arrested for that. If he wasn't, if he wasn't as good as he is. He would have been out of the league oh, a long time ago. Oh, for sure. Ago. For sure. And uh, there's been, what, four or five incidents this year. There's a kid thing at the playground. Yeah, he beat, beating up kids at the playground <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Just, like, come on. Oh, man. yeah. He's, he's just like a bad dude. Yeah, yeah he. it's not the people he hangs with. He is the dude. Yeah. that's. <laughs> and the more and more of this is, you think, well, you know, maybe the people he's hanging with aren't the problem. Maybe he is the uh, the Maybe the, the cause people he hangs with needs to not hang with him. Yeah, so that was good over the weekend. Uh, we'll get back to some basketball. Start taking your thoughts on these uh, Final Four series, the conference finals, which tee off Tuesday and then again on Thursday. Longhorns, pretty good weekend. Uh, as we said, the championships, safe to say the Longhorns are well on their way to another athletic director's, uh, what do they call it, director's cup? Director's cup, yeah. I and mean, they just keep winning championships. And uh, uh, men's side and women's side, men's and women's tennis with a good weekend. And then the track and field team and the rowing teams win Big 12 conference titles over the weekend. Uh, I was surprised to see the Texas softball team. They finished runner-up in the Big 12 tournament. They swept Oklahoma State. And yet Oklahoma State is seated higher than Texas in the uh, the tournament. You know, the, the brackets were revealed yesterday. Longhorns are the 13th seed, which seems a little low. Seems a little low based on their body. But they're ranked 7th in the polls and the uh, USA Today poll. Yet they're 13th by the NCAA, which does mean, uh, you know, they'll host this weekend in a four-team regional at McCombs Field. As for the baseball team, Buck, uh, disappointing. You know, we talk about this team has a high ceiling when they're playing good uh, and and doing things the right way. And then they also have a ceiling, a a pretty low floor, too, when they're not pitching well. And Friday was a good example of that. Lucas Gordon pitched great in the first game of that doubleheader. And once again, the Longhorns gave up three runs in the eighth inning, one in the ninth, and they lose it 6-4, to a game they had. And then they couldn't get the final six outs and uh, win that ball game. Uh, it's almost like they got angry after that. And they went out and beat the oh, beat the daylights geez. out of San Jose State. That beat them down forty-two to nine. But you know, we talk about playing a team that's that low in the RPI in a non-conference. You need to take all of those. Yeah, I mean the the win doesn't really help you when it comes to RPI, and the loss hurts you a lot, especially on a home game. And then it's one again, last six outs of a game. Um, you know, the fourth quarter of a of a baseball game. 
you got to finish it, and the Longhorns are still struggling. Zane Morehouse continues to struggle on the mound, and he gave up three runs in the eighth inning, took the loss. That's a game you felt like you had, and then rest of the series was pretty easy for the Longhorns. But uh, here's the situation for Texas. They're going to play West Virginia this weekend, okay? West Virginia, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All the Big 12 series this weekend are Thursday, Friday, Saturday because the conference tournament starts next Wednesday. So they want everything done by Saturday. And uh, Longhorns go into the series and mathematically could still win the Big 12. Uh, literally, if they swept, because right now they're three games back of West Virginia. West Virginia took two out of three from Kansas State over the week, or from Texas Tech over the weekend. So the Longhorns, if they were to sweep West Virginia this weekend, mathematically could still win the Big 12 and be the number one seed at the Big 12 tournament. If things don't go well this weekend, Buck, they could finish seventh in the wow. Big 12 in the regular season. That's the that's how jumbled up it is. And you know, depending it depending, all teams are playing conference series this weekend. There's a Bedlam series with Oklahoma and Oklahoma this State. This is finale this week, right? Yeah, the this is them. it. This is it. Longhorn. I mean, the Big 12 tournament on the men's side will start Wednesday, and so you know it'll all settle. But again, the Horns go into the weekend Thursday night with Lucas Gordon on the mound with a chance to, I mean, literally win the Big 12 regular season if they were to sweep West Virginia. And you know, Oklahoma were to do them a favor against Oklahoma State this mm-hmm. weekend, they could win the dang thing. Uh, and as I say, they could fall all the way to seventh if they don't play well this weekend. Uh, so that's the that's the floor in the ceiling uh, in the conference standings. And obviously, if the Longhorns could put themselves in first or second place in the Big Twelve coming out and going to the Big Twelve tournament, they improve their chances of still hosting a regional come tournament time. They're still probably on the outside looking in at that. But uh, boy, it's a team buck that can score runs. It does feel like their offense is coming together. Um, you know, with 42 runs, actually they scored 48 runs in the three games this weekend. Um, and you know, gosh, Eric Kennedy had a huge weekend, had eight, eight RBIs in that Friday night game. Uh, Dylan Campbell now has a 30 game hitting streak. Uh, Jared Thomas has come alive, the freshman at the top of the order. They can score and they have, they have a lot of ways to score runs. They play great defense and they pitch pretty good, Buck, when you look at the numbers, it's just that, that last six outs of the game that becomes, uh, and it's been their their nemesis all year long, and you wonder if they can rectify that uh, to to raise their 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 ceiling of their season. I would also say that Tanner Witt on uh, Saturday had his best outing. Uh, he actually went three yeah, he did. went That's three right. innings, three. He gave up one kind of wind aided home run. Other than that, though, he you know his his mechanics looked a lot better. Looks like he's getting his strength back. Yeah, and uh, you know I I do think Tanner Witt. I think they plan uh, as they move into middle May here and into the tournament time for Tanner Witt to. Help become a factor, and if he if he continues to not have you know recover and not have any issues with that you know surgically repaired elbow buck, maybe he becomes a guy that can help them with In those the back. final six to nine sure. outs of a baseball game. Which of course his freshman year he was such a lights out guy out of their bullpen, bringing that high velocity stuff and his intensity. That could be exactly what this team needs if they can. Uh, if they can get him, in, you know, where they need him to be in time becomes the question. But he did have a good outing. On Saturday, so good, bad, and ugly from the weekend. Longhorns, NBA, baseball ties. Texas Rangers are in first place in the AL West, and they're bashing the ball around. Ten more, eleven more runs yesterday for the Rangers. We'll talk some MLB. We'll also talk some golf and the uh, second golf major coming. And we'll talk with you and recap your weekend. Happy Mother's Day once again to all the moms. Hope it was a good one for you. We're just getting warmed up. Craig Way has a Craig Way report coming up. We'll get some B and E facts of the day and recap your weekend with you all morning long right here on B and E. It's Bucky and Aaron. If man is the father, the son is the son. Good, bad, and ugly on a Monday. Plenty of good over the weekend, including this, Buck. 37 years after he left college to pursue a football career, Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles 
walked the stage and graduated with his college diploma that? at 59, fulfilling a promise he had made to his mother that he would go back and finish. And almost 60 years old, he gets his <laughs> college degree. Finished. He finished. Uh, congrats to all the college grads over the weekend. Saw a lot of folks posts on social media of people at graduations all over. And uh, congrats for finishing it off. It's uh, pretty cool. My uh, my youngest will graduate in December, Buck. She sent us her date, December 16th. Cool. She'll it's be, my birthday. Yeah, she'll be wrapping up uh, Sometimes it takes years. a little... A little extra time, you know. Nothing wrong with that. Well, she did. She's going to do it in three I, and a half years. I know, she's all, <laughs> three and, then and, half. and then there's people like that that make me look bad. Yeah. Well, she just has. She's organized, I guess, is what I would say. Uh, also, uh, good of the weekend. You see, we had the NBA NFL schedule come out last week. We know that, right? And uh, you know what the most in demand ticket is so far? If you go to the, uh, you know, the, the the ticket buying sites to try to buy tickets, most in demand ticket. And it's a good one. It's the New England Patriots home opener against the Philadelphia Eagles on September the 10th. Um, Ticket prices averaging almost $1,000 already. That's also not just you're playing the defending uh, NFC champ Eagles and Jalen Hurts and company. Tom Brady will make his return to New England and be honored and uh, I would assume retire his number 12. So that is the most in-demand ticket so far with the official schedules released. And why not? That that ticket's going to go up. Like nobody's business yeah. before it's all before the summer's over with. And this comes on the, the heels of news that Tom Brady is in talks with Mark Davis to mm-hmm. buy in, become a part owner of the Vegas Raiders. Uh, ownership. I we asked it I still haven't seen or read any can he be a commentator on Fox, which he's already signed to do as an owner of a team? I guess that's fine, right? I guess. And there's any rules against it, it doesn't seem. Does it make you I mean he, he he's an owner at that point, or at least he's a minority owner. I guess he's already remember he's already signed that huge deal with Fox sure. to do, to be their 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 color broadcaster, but uh, yeah now he's he'll just to, screw himself up if he's over biased about what he's doing. I mean that's he won't get another contract after that if if he's bad at it. Yeah, so I think he'll be pretty smart. Yeah, uh, I I would imagine he just won't do any Raiders games. Like they'll just make sure he never yeah, sure. does a Raiders game, and uh, it'll just be the way that goes. But that's the most in demand. Speaking of graduation, Jalen Hurts also graduated this weekend up there in Norman. Actually, got a master's degree. See that? About twenty-four years old. He's got a master's done over the weekend. The uh, Eagles quarterback, which was uh, pretty cool. We did have rookie mini camps in football over the weekend. Got to see Bijan Robinson out there running around with the Atlanta Falcons, making one-handed catches and doing his thing. Uh, down in Houston, C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson Jr. on the field. And, of course, the Cowboys with their rookie minicamp as well. Dan Quinn, the Cowboys' defensive coordinator, did make some news over the weekend. Uh, kind of clarify. Remember we had the story of Micah Parsons, who's been working out here in Austin at the Collective in town. And he says he's trying to bulk up, get a little stronger, because he wants to play full-time defensive end this year and be a pass rusher because, you know, Financially, pass rushers and defensive ends make more than linebackers do. Well, he's trying to really break. He was going to break the bank anyway. And Dan Quinn says, uh, "Wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, don't, if you want, you want who you want to talk about position changes, come to me on that." Uh, he's still uh, he's a pass rushing linebacker, is right. what he said. And uh, they're not going to stop weaponizing him. Just and, a dude. But you know, Mike is trying to wedge himself in. Oh, I'm a defensive end. I'm a defensive end. And uh, when that new well, like too. Forty-five, two fifty. Wants to play at two fifty-five. Well, I'll, I'll play something for you coming up of uh, that's pretty cool, which is um, well, something Micah Parsons has done this offseason and, and to try to get better as a pass rusher. Do you know that Micah Parsons is right now the odds favorite to be if you if you want to gamble like Ty in there, you can gamble on the fact that he the defensive player of the year, a futures bet. 
he's the odds favor right now to be the defensive player of the year in the National Football League, Micah Parsons, which is... I'd bet on that. Yeah. I mean, and uh, you know that Dan Quinn will continue to weaponize him. They took Mozzie Smith at the first pick in the uh, in the first round, their first round pick, to help with that defensive line and hold, hold up against the run and put them into pass rush situations. I don't disagree with that. And he is freakish, Micah Parsons. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, him. I mean, it, they they intend to put him down, put his hand down in the ground a little bit? A bunch. Um, wherever they were, um, you know, wherever they need him to, to weaponize. But uh, So that's part of the good of the weekend, rookie minicamps and NFL news. Tom Brady can looking to buy. Oh, by the way, the uh, speaking of sales, looks like it's all but done. The uh, Washington Commanders to be sold. Daniel Snyder and, and that group on Friday announced that they've come to an agreement with the Josh Harris group to sell the Washington Commanders. So that thing could be – I know there's another round of uh, owners' meetings coming up this, this summer, and I think that's where they hope to finalize and approve that vote to have a new owner of the Washington Commanders, which would be a good thing for the NFL. Yeah. Get that done in a hurry, please. Get her done. Get her done. Uh, so, yeah, good, bad, and ugly. Bad, good of the weekend on the NBA side, LeBron James. With his performance on Friday night, you know, helping the uh, Lakers. How about, you know, I know the Lakers. I know it's LeBron James. He's been, you know, foremost in our minds and, and you know, on our TV screens for 20 years now. But uh, that that's a surprise, right? I mean, they were they were a 2-12 and basketball team at one point to start the season. They were left for dead in January of a team that wasn't even going to make the playoffs. And now here LeBron James and the Lakers are, with all the moves they made at the deadline, playing to uh, get to the NBA Finals. That's a pretty yeah, and big story. That, and that will be a good that will be a fun Western Conference finals right there. I think so. I mean the matchup of Anthony Davis, who the much maligned Anthony Davis for being soft and everything from the you know Shaq and, and Charles Barkley and those guys last week. Well he's now got a matchup with Nikola Jokic, who's you know the, the two time MVP and runner up this year, best big man in the league. That's a big matchup. I mean, can Anthony Davis hold his own against Jokic if he can? I mean, obviously, Anthony Davis has been the key to this run for the Lakers. His defense on the interior, his ability to block shots oh, yeah. and defend the cup and defend the rim and then rebound, especially against the Golden State Warriors, was really the difference in the series. Well, he's been so good late in games, you know, with the block shots. I mean, he just defends the rim. Yeah, he's a rim protector, uh, big time. He, he always has to, he been. He doesn't have to score a lot. He's just got to play some pretty good defense. And what, what did he have, 20-some rebounds in the closeout game yeah. and, uh, you know, scoring where he needs to? LeBron was really active. And uh, this Lakers team exceeding expectations. They're only the fourth team in league history to, at one point in the season, be you know as many as twelve games under five hundred. Excuse me, under eight games under five hundred and make the playoffs. Only the fourth team in the last fifty years to, at one point in the year, be eight games under five hundred and then rally to to make the conference finals. Uh, it's it's very rare what they've done. It was the '76 Suns, the '78 SuperSonics, the '84 Suns, and the '23 Lakers. The four teams who have gone from at one point eight games under five hundred in the season to conference finals. So pretty cool. They'll have a, a rough way to go to beat Denver, I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Denver looks like the real deal. They're the number mm-hmm. one seed and have played like it through this uh this playoffs. They really haven't been challenged yet uh in the in the playoffs. The Lakers though. But you know what? The Lakers to dispatch the Warriors and to end that dynasty there because uh you know when the when the Warriors with Steph Curry have been in the Western playoffs and in the, in the playoffs they've they've made the finals. Every time they've never—that's the first series Steph's ever lost, I believe, in the Western Conference. Um, you know, it's just been this unbelievable run. Also, on the ugly side of things from the weekend, the admittance after their game, their season was over from Golden State guard Jordan Poole and some others that the punch, the Draymond Green punch on Jordan Poole in practice at the start of the year, 
festered with that team the whole year long, that it was a problem all season, that uh, there was resentment. Jordan Poole kind of resented the, the lack of punishment for Draymond Green. I mean, I guess you can imagine you get your lights, you know, knocked out by a teammate, then you got to go to work with him every day. Ty, you kind of thought that was kind of been in there the whole season, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, it, at this point, though, it kind of seems like Jordan Poole is the, the guy that's not liked in that locker room. Sure. You know, Draymond, for all his faults. Went about his business. Yeah. I mean, he, he still got it done. He apologized, did what he needed to do. But, I mean, there might have been a reason why. He punched him in the face. That, that's all I got to say on that. But you also agreed, and he's immature. I think Jordan Poole. I think we've seen that he's got to grow up. Same time, you can understand if somebody knocks your lights out, then you got to go practice and play with them every day. Yeah, that's not gonna. <laughs> oh no, it's just not going. That's away. not good for team chemistry, right? No. And there, it does feel like you know the, the stories being written now and coming out of the locker room are of a, of a fracture between the the old guard and the youth, uh, the young guys, and then the older guy. Obviously, the old guys have a ton of ton of skins on the wall, right? You know, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and Steph. They've won championships. Um, those young guys are kind of the heir apparents, but yeah. And how about they just can't win every year, right? right. I mean, things. I mean, things aren't quite the same. Well, if you go back to last year when they won it, and they had this unbelievable mixture of yeah, it was almost how did they win last year? Well, because they had veterans, and then they had this young dynamic group. Pool was playing his ass off last well, year, and Andrew Wiggins is playing at like an All NBA right. level. In the yeah, playoffs. yeah, and Wiggins not being there on Friday night was huge because he was out with the rib injury. Well, he he, he played, played, but, but he, not wasn't all there. You, you, they got up in them ribs again, did they? Dude, every time you go to the lane, you're getting bounced around. <laughs> that's that, that that's got to be one of the worst injuries oh. to play with in the NBA. Just knowing that you're going to take contact there every time you go to the absolutely, rim. Oh, yeah. and I'm going to give you contact well, every, with around you. And every time you rise up and try to shoot, you can feel. I mean, it's just yeah, that's that's he was not himself. But uh, Lakers, Nuggets, Heat. Celtics, your Final Four in the NBA, part of the good, the bad, and the ugly of the weekend, uh, for sure. I'll also mention this, as we do good, bad, and ugly, Buck, the uh, good of the uh, baseball, Major Leagues, ties Rangers, did what they should have done. They took three out of four from the worst team in baseball, and that's the Oakland A's. But do you realize the Rangers not only are pitching better this year, they've already gotten to double digits, ten runs or more, ten times this season. No one else in baseball has more than seven times that they've done it. Uh, and Must be a pre- pretty good base stealing group, and just running the pads too this year. They're doing everything pretty well. They're ten games over five hundred in their first, you know, 30, 40 games. They played forty games or ten over. We're That's coming. pretty good. They're you know winning sixty two and a half percent of their games. So uh, pretty darn good. And, and you know that's been without Corey Seager for a long stretch here. Also, Jacob Degrom has been down yeah. for a few weeks now, and they continue to win. Uh, it's amazing though to me. Houston, the Astros, they're they're bad right now, but they're two games over five hundred. They're only four back of the Rangers. They're they're lurking, but while the Rangers are, are scoring runs in bunches, you know, the Astro, Astros are currently twenty eighth in OPS. Uh, only two teams worse than them. Uh, they don't hit. I mean, if it's not for Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, they're not scoring any runs in Houston. Uh, Bregman's still struggling. Jose Abreu's been a disaster for the first forty games at first base. That big contract he got. Uh, he's just doing nothing and didn't hit home run yet. Uh, they're 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 kind of a punchless offense in Houston. They can't wait to get Jose Altuve back. They had the setback with Michael Brantley last week, where they he's got some shoulder inflammation. I'm not sure when he's coming back or if he's coming back. So uh, Houston, though, this hanging around. They pitch really well, and they're Dusty Baker. They're finding ways to win some ball games. They're, they're 21 and 19. So if they can get healthy, you know, it's not like they're you know, playing their way out of the out of the basement. So, Speaking of basement. Basement. Now, your Yankees are no longer in the basement. There you go. The Sox are in the basement. How about Aaron Judge this weekend? Two home runs. Uh, they walked it off in the ninth. Yeah. One of those games he throws. Well, they played Tampa this weekend in a real good series. Tampa's oh, yeah. in the top of the division, but the Rangers, uh, the Yankees won the series, and 
Um, Yankees will be fine. Long season. Problem for the Yankees are in that, that division. It's so dang good. With uh, the Rays in Baltimore, Toronto's really good. Uh, even Boston's in last place now, but three games over Come on, Judge. Just get your hip replacement. Let's go. What do you mean hip replacement? Come on, old man. Let's go. need a new hip? Nah, he's had a hip problem. But the socks are right where they should be. How about the city of Philadelphia the and the ugly? Because while the Philadelphia 76ers with Joel Embiid and James Harden no-showing Game 7, they while they were dissolving and getting rolled out of the building by Boston, their baseball team, the Phillies, were getting in a brawl out there in Colorado. Like Simultaneously, the city of Philadelphia, the, the, the baseball team and Bryce Harper were, were in a brawl, and the, uh, the basketball team was falling apart. It's, uh, speaking of ugly, Buck, how about Joel Embiid? After the game, we got to find that. I'll find this sign and send it to Ty. Essentially saying, I can't win alone. I, can't, I mean, throwing his team under the bus. I can't win alone, he said. He took a page out of Giannis's playbook, too, with the, uh, this wasn't a failure. Oh, you know, everybody's going to borrow that now, but I can't win alone. Also, James Harden was asked, do you want, Glenn, you want Doc Rivers back? And he was noncommittal at, at best. Well, his contract's up, right? Yeah. He, yeah. Well, you think there's a chance he he tries to he bounces somewhere else? I don't think so. I think he stays. Could it be. just hasn't worked there, though. That 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 duo. I mean, you had the MVP. You have a former MVP. Well, what do you know? James Harden coming up small. In yeah. Game oh yeah. Six we we saw that coming. Yeah. That's over and over again. But you know, you, you, with Embiid, he's the MVP. That's the guy you needed to carry you. He's the best player in the league, and he didn't have much going uh, in that second. Mean, look, it was just an overwhelming performance by the Celtics in the third quarter. Uh, to get that, and that's that's how it works, right? One team advances and they're feeling good, then it's everyone else is sure. picking up the pieces uh, in the wake. And you know, Phoenix fired Monty Williams, not our friend Monty Williams, but the coach the guy was coach of the year last year. He's already been dumped. Uh, he's like, I can't help it that you traded half the team to get Kevin Durant. What am I going to do? Uh, but yeah, the, Monty Williams now available. He's a good coach that's <laughs> on the market. If you're Philadelphia, you could do worse. If you're not real happy with Glenn Doc Rivers, yeah, that's true. I mean, Monty Williams. I mean, the son, he, he took them from the from the poorhouse to the to the top and uh, won coach of the year last year, and now he's fired. I guess the new owner wants to make a change. Uh, by the way, the new owner, Matt Ishbia, there's already uh, rumors that he'd like to hire Tom Izzo, his former college coach. That's not going to happen, that's but not, that's the immediate that. speculation, the Michigan State coach, Tom Izzo, because, of course, Ishbia played for Tom Izzo mm-hmm. in Michigan State as a walk-on back in the by day. By the way, uh, Doc Rivers in his career is 6-10 and 10 in Game 7s. And he's lost his last five. Yeah, he's lost sevens. ten game sevens now. Not the coach you want in the biggest of spots. Yeah, that's that was their biggest downfall from the get go. The doctor not in. Uh, all right, good, bad, and ugly on a busy Monday. Recapping a great weekend. Looking forward to a fun week to come. Uh, middle of May. It's May fifteenth here on B and E. Coming back with some B and E facts of the day. Ty here as well. But first, here's Craig Way. It's Bucky and Aaron. Certainly is. Ty Henderson here as well. B&E facts of the day. It's a fact, Buck. The combination of Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, James Harden, a recipe for failure. (laughs) They were not going to get it done. As we uh, said on the way to the break, Doc Rivers has now lost five straight Game 7s. He's 7-10 as a head coach in a Game 7. Wow, 10 of them. James Harden, we know, is traditionally and consistently a uh, big game flopper. And then Joel Embiid, Buck, uh, scored 15 points in a closeout Game 7 and didn't really show a lot of emotion in that uh, Game 7. How about this little fact of the day? Joel Embiid averaged 33 points per game in the regular season, 33.1 to be exact. In the playoffs, he averaged just 23. Uh, the, the nearly 10-point drop-off is the largest by an MVP in NBA history. So to go from a regular season 33 a game 
to a postseason 23 he a game. sucked. That's a big drop. And uh, the, it all the proves that Jokic should have won it three times in a row. Well, and guess opinion. what? Jason Tatum. You know, remember Coach Royal? Remember the story would ask uh, if he could define it, right? Uh, what is it? And he said, well, I don't know if I can define it, but I know it. You, you know it when you see it, right? The it factor. How about Jason Tatum? I mean, uh, he's got it, right? I know he struggled well, at times in this talking series. People are how bad he has been. But his 16 points in the last six minutes of Game 6 when they were down carried them to a Game 6 win, and yesterday he scored 51 points in a closeout game. I mean, yeah, that's a, it. It's a bad look for me. As all week last week I was talking about he's the guy that can't close out a game. Right, and all he did was close him out. Well, Jason Tatum now has <laughs> – Prove me wrong. Jason Tatum at 25 years old, first-team All-NBA, has now scored 50 or more points in a regular season game play-in tournament game, all-star game, playoff game, and now a game seven. Dude, he has the sweetest step-away shot. I mean, he's got that Larry Bird where he takes that one big step behind a three-pointer, and it just goes. Was that the best game seven performance you've ever seen? Even though, I mean, it's second round. That you can think of, top of your head. Well, I mean, Steph, the other in in the first round, uh, his 50-point performance was was incredible. They're very similar. This yeah. one was really spe- – I mean, Well, and I think if you combine it with the last six minutes of game six – Well, yeah, if you co- – yeah. I mean, he, he, for sure. Unbelievable. I mean, uh, the and the fact that he was really struggling. I mean, he had he had a pretty miserable first half. That's what you call turning quarter. it around right there now. Yeah, that's, uh, that's finding it at the right time. And then, you know, Joel Embiid now will have all offseason to think about, um, you know, not – Flipping the switch. Because, look, we said it on Friday, because game six was Thursday night. When you're up two on your home floor with six minutes to play, you have a chance to close out the game, and you score three points the rest of the way, three, and get outscored 15-3 to three down the stretch. And, of course, Tatum hits all the big shots. That's where the series was lost for me in that game six. Oh, there's in no the doubt. five minutes of the game where you couldn't generate any offense. That's where the MVP's got to come to play. That's where you've got to ride your horse to the finish line. Uh, and the Sixers were unable to do that. Lakers also win a nice one on Friday night. They're into the conference finals in the NBA. How about this on a B&E fact of the day, Buck? Uh, talk about the Texas Rangers scoring a ton of runs. Uh, their young all-star, Adolis Garcia, El Bambi, is uh, the leader in Major League Baseball in RBIs right now. 42 RBIs already this season in 40 games. He's the first Ranger with 40 or more RBIs in his first 40 games of a season since Josh Hamilton. 11 years ago. 11 years ago. So the Rangers, a lot to like with that ball club right now. Let's get DeGrom back soon. Let's get him healthy. Seager will be back yeah, too, right? Well, yeah. The true. fact that we're doing this without those two guys, you know, arguably. All-star game will be soon. You'll be getting DeGrom back soon enough. I mean, I'm, I'm good we with him. Time. You can take his time right now. We're playing well. Still like seven weeks to the All-Star game. I mean, uh, yeah. a month and a half to the All-Star game. Sure. we will be all right by then. They're doing a lot better than I anticipated. I, I well, we'll have say. a look at both teams at 54 games because, right, you know, 54 is a third through the season, third way, a third of the way through the season. Uh, so we're about 14 games from that to the end of the month. And so the all the all star break's not at like the middle of the season. Pretty though, much, right? it is okay. Pretty much, it's not like the NBA where it's like two thirds through the Mm-mm. season. Well, I mean, there's 162 games. 54 is a third of the way. Uh, so 54 is the third way point. Then you got you know so you you know. 54 is a good, always for me, a good litmus test of where, you know, what what are the real strengths and weaknesses of a ball club. Right now, what would you put their playoff chances at? Rangers, pretty high. Pretty high. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's still with the caveat of if they stay healthy and the fact that you just said they're doing this when they're not fully healthy, uh, pretty darn impressive. Their pitching depth is deep uh, and their, their lineup is as deep as any, the way they're scoring runs right now. So the Rangers, good. Uh, we'll get back to the Longhorn situation coming up. As we set off the top of the show, they coughed up a game on Friday that they – that one stung, but then they went out scoring San Jose State 42 
to nine. Dude, that is a, they put the beat down on that group. I'm telling you, the, wow. I don't think David Pierce would disagree with this either. The the nemesis of this team are the eighth and ninth innings. I mean, they're really good about every other thing. If you look at their losses, they have 18 losses this year. I, pr- I promise you, half of those losses have come in the last six outs of the game. I mean, it's uh, which means they controlled the game and were you know winning the game most of the time or right there. And those 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 last six outs, eighth and ninth innings have been a real struggle for them. Uh, and was again on Friday, but then the bats went to work the rest of the weekend. We'll talk some Texas baseball. Also, we talked about Micah Parsons being the odd favorites to be the defensive player of the year in the NFL. Uh, What's something he's doing, which is pretty impressive, that he's working to get better. Uh, Trust that. We'll have that coming up in our coach's corner as we roll forward. It's a busy Monday, just one hour in of four on a good, bad, and ugly Monday. A 104.9, 101.9, AM 1260, streaming always on your Horn app, on your smart speaker, and at hornfm.com.